Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 955, air date May 23rd, 2021. Good evening, everyone. We're in my living room here with a uh, bunch of friends here. We got Jerry, we got Michelle, we got Sandy, and we also have a whole bunch of people uh, who are joining us online. Let me bring everyone in. And we have people from all over the world and the country. And we're going to be discussing our lawsuit uh, that we just had a number of victories on in federal court. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. And, and uh, the importance of this lawsuit is many, many things. Sometimes silence, the silence of the mainstream media uh, tells the magnificence of this lawsuit. Um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why this is historic and why this lawsuit in many ways uh, the why we must win it because it's really about um the fact that we have discovered that government has created an infrastructure to censor speech through social media like twitter of every american citizen um for far too long we've been hearing that that you know big tech is what the issue is, right? It's, it's, um, we keep hearing that, you know, big tech is a problem. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not something else, right? It's as though big tech does everything independently. And what we found is that, uh, it's not big tech. I'm going to actually, uh, just for, uh, just for one second, I'm going to have to remove some people from the stream and I'll bring people back in and I'll bring everyone ba right back in. We have a number of people here joining us, but what is interesting is there, I just need to do a solo layout for now and we'll bring everyone in. But what we've learned is that um, what we've been told by the mainstream media is that as though these social media companies on their own are the ones that are silencing speech, right? How many, how many, how many of us have heard that, right, Jerry? We, 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 we've heard it all the time, right? We've right. heard that, oh, big tech, you know, social media threw off blah, blah, blah. Big, Twitter threw off blah, or Facebook threw off. But what we have discovered in this lawsuit that is so profound that came from the fact that the government made Twitter throw me off and I was a political candidate. And this is extremely important for everyone to understand is that the founding fathers of this country, these guys were brilliant. And I, don't, I think many of the young people today, many of the millennials, unfortunately, have forgotten uh, the brilliance of these founders. Remember, Britain, still today, the stupid idiot fool, what's his name? Right. Doofus, Just, I don't even Henry. call him a Doofus Harry, because he has, he comes from some, whatever, he's got the same blood everyone else has, but because people get brainwashed to think they're better, that Doofus came to America at the Aspen Institute, and he said, first, the First Amendment has gone quote-unquote bonkers that Americans are sharing disinformation. You have to understand British culture, I'm talking about the British royalty culture, never wanted to give the First Amendment to any American. For that matter, they hate the First Amendment. And this is hard for people to appreciate. So when someone like Doofus Harry says that, and that's what we should call him, Doofus, we should denigrate this whole concept of a monarchy. And anyone who calls these people prince and princess and king and queen, it's like you're living in, you're living in the Middle Ages and you wanna be oppressed. All right, that's not what this is about. But this doofus says that the First Amendment has gone bonkers. And this was just two weeks ago. So what 
our lawsuits singularly discovered, which no mainstream media will ever cover. And the reason they won't cover it is because they too are a part of the censorship. And we're going to talk about that. And, um, but first of all, before I go into that, let me um, show you that we had close to 350 people on this hearing from all over the planet. No mainstream media. Because what you're, we're going to share is that by design, the censorship infrastructure that has been built by the government right here out of Harvard Belfer School, it was then supported by, it was in fact the architecture of this were the people that were suing. And they concealed it from the court. We exposed it. The judge gets it. They wanted the motion to dismiss at this hearing. The judge said, I'm not going to make that decision. I want to see discovery. I want to see more facts. We exposed the deputy general counsel of Twitter. The woman freaking lied, wrote a bogus affidavit, which we ripped to shreds. They've lost total credibility. And by the way, all of this was done by me representing myself. Meanwhile, all these people get all these lawyers and none of their lawsuits have gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. But our lawsuit has gone this far is because this is backed by people who actually care. And, it's, and these fools underestimated, frankly, they read Wikipedia and they think, oh, this guy's a conspiracy theorist. He mm -hmm. didn't invent email. He must be some kook, right? Yeah. Great. Keep reading Wikipedia because we destroyed <laughs> Twitter. We destroyed the government and we destroyed a bunch of Harvard lawyers who think they're better than you. And by the way, when you walk into Harvard, you know, you're actually walking back into England. We'll talk about that. So let me um, introduce some of the uh, uh, guests we have who are joining us today. Let me add some people back into the stream here. Um, let me bring everyone in. Is everyone on? Uh, Margo's in. Crystal, you're in. Is ever, ever, everyone's in. So uh, I wanna, by the way, we have everyone in our living room here. Uh, let's start. Go ahead, Jerry, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, my name's Jerry. Um, I want to look at the camera over there. Yeah, my name's Jerry, and the, the trial was fascinating. I took the day off from work on Thursday to, to follow the trial. And uh, I think for me, it it shows how... We're just going to introduce okay. ourselves. Okay, okay. so... Just introduce yourself. I live right? here in Massachusetts. <laughs> okay. A la Texas, go ahead. Hi, I'm Michelle. I live here in Massachusetts as well. This is Dr. Shiva. Good. I'm Sandy. I also live in Massachusetts. All right. Let's go to our uh, people from across the world here. Go ahead, Crystal. Crystal, we can't hear you. Crystal? You have to unmute yourself. Go ahead. Crystal? Crystal, can you hear us? There it goes. Go ahead, Crystal. Hi, I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. A little bit louder? Crystal from Omaha, Nebraska. Great to have you, Crystal. Um, what do we got next? Go ahead, Rosa. Can you hear me? Yep. Yes. Uh, I am Rosa, and I am from New York State. Great to have you, Rosa. Thank you. 
And who else do we have? Go ahead, Dr. Michelle. Dr. Michelle, can you introduce yourself? We can't hear you. Okay, we'll come back to you. All right, who else do we got here? Go ahead, Dwayne. Hi, Dwayne Flowers here. I'm uh, watching from Japan. Can you repeat again where you're watching from? From Japan. You're participating from Japan. You're not just watching. Yeah, participating. <laughs> All right. Uh, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, my name is Justin, and I'm participating from Las Vegas. Okay. Who else we got? We have... Go ahead, Kristen. Hi, I'm Kristen, and I'm here from Massachusetts. All right, great. And then we have... Go ahead, Heather. Hi, I'm Heather, and I'm here from Oregon. All right, and we have Margo. Hello, I'm Margo, and I'm from Massachusetts also. All right, Dr. Uh, Michelle, are you, can you can people hear you now? Hi, everyone. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, yeah, great. We can hear uh, you. Thank you for your patience, everybody. I'm Dr. Michelle. I'm here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Awesome. Good to have everyone. All right. So let me um, let me give uh, those of you who, who have been. I'll give you a quick background of the lawsuit, and then I'm gonna. Um, there's somebody who's making a lot of noise. I don't know who it is. Like little mouse is in there. No, it's bizarre. It's like a mouse in this thing. Okay, that was Crystal. I think Crystal's the culprit. All right. So let me tell you what what this so. On October, uh, in October of 2020, on October of 2020, uh, many of you know I ran for U.S. Senate, and we still have not conceded our election. We have one lawsuit in court there on that, uh, where we discovered that they multiplied my votes by uh, 66, uh, 66 percent, and multiplied the other guys by 120 percent. That lawsuit has also not been dismissed. It's in federal court, and uh, no one has rebutted our evidence. But anyway. In September, uh, when uh, the Republican primary, where we were cheated of our election, we uh, wanted to go find out what's going on. Like, how could uh, they cheat us? And starting on September 1st to September 24th, I was tweeting away. In fact, on September 1st, I put out a tweet which said election fraud took place in deep state Massachusetts, mm -hmm. in third world Massachusetts. I'm glad we have the Second Amendment. You know, it was just Twitter didn't do anything to that tweet. Mm -hmm. And we shared this in court, by the way. Nothing. nothing. Okay, nothing. On September 1st through September 24th, we were tweeting away and exposing the fact that the Secretary of State of Massachusetts and who? And the state election director uh, were the, you know, the target of our ire and, and, and disturb, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, they they were they were the people who we were, who we were really upset with, because what, and we had done three protests mm -hmm. in front of the Secretary of State's office. Our entire campaign, starting September one, our entire campaign was stop election fraud, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone on this, everyone around us here, uh, everyone on this phone call, 
were all helpful with the campaign. It was a worldwide campaign in many senses, since we had support all over the world. Mm -hmm. We raised about a million bucks from Twitter, but you got to understand that I ran for U.S. Senate and I was running as a political candidate. Wasn't just some private citizen, but I was running as a political candidate and the activist call of our campaign was stop election fraud starting September 1. Everyone remember yeah. that, right? Yeah, I remember. It wasn't just like, oh, we want to make the world better. No, with stop election fraud was the focus of our campaign. They're on our cards. It was all on our cards. We distributed mm-hmm. 2 million of these cards yeah. all over Massachusetts. We had protests in front of the Secretary of State's office. And many of you know me, know that I've been a political activist since I was you know, a kid. When I came to MIT, there's pictures as I talked in the courtroom. There's a picture of me burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT against apartheid after I led a 5,000 person protest. Government never stopped me. I started an underground newspaper at MIT. MIT never shut me down. I was an anti-war activist at MIT. At my PhD graduation, um, you know, we held up a big sign. Half of the crowd booed me, half of the crowd loved me. MIT never shut me down, all right? We've run hundreds of protests. In, in, in fact, we ran a protest recently, right? But when I got, the first time I ever got shut down for political activism was when I was in India in 2009, 10, when I uh, went there on a Fulbright and I exposed the Indian government. And I had to flee India under death threats. For, that was in India, which is a British Commonwealth country. They, you know, they don't like the First Amendment there or for that matter in Britain. But when I came back to the United States in 2017, I decided to run for office. We ran against the fake Indian Elizabeth Warren. Then we ran again in 2020, right? The first time I've ever been shut down for any political activism was on September 24, 2020, when we shared courtroom proof evidence. This is what's important, courtroom proof evidence showing that the government, not uh, that the government had, had violated 52 USC 20701, which is a federal law that they had deleted ballot images in four screenshots of email conversation between me and the Secretary of State's office, a woman called Michelle Tassinari, who's a state, and you should remember that name, write it down, Michelle Tassinari, okay, who's a state election director and the chief legal counsel for the Secretary of State. In those four screenshots, conversations, She's admitting she deleted the ballot images, mm-hmm. which, by the way, states like Florida and Arizona have confirmed in court that you can't be doing that. It's a violation of federal law. She knows this. So what did Tassinari do when I put up those messages? She, we found out, contacted Twitter, a government official contacting Twitter to shut down. I'm in the middle of our political campaign mm-hmm. and we had... I had spent 10 years building up all my followers, 350,000 followers, a lot of hard work. Twitter didn't shut me down. Everyone listen carefully. Twitter did not shut down a political candidate. The government Mm -hmm. contacted Twitter in two ways, and we'll talk about that, to shut down a U.S. Senate political candidate. Let me repeat that again. The government, the government, the government shut down a federal U.S. Senate candidate because I was exposing the government's violation of federal law. Just let that sink in. Just meditate on what I'm saying. 
The founders of this country created the First Amendment, and which is covered under the, the first, you know, the First Amendment. But the number one aspect of the First Amendment was there's various levels of free speech, right? But the most protected speech is what is called political speech. Political speech. You're supposed to criticize your government officials, especially in the middle of a political campaign. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, there's a very famous lawsuit that came out in 2015 where a political candidate was saying all sorts of stuff against another political candidate. The government sued her, Commonwealth versus Melissa Lucas, a very tough woman. And, and got criminal charges on her in state court. Very famous case, you can look it up, Commonwealth versus Melissa Lucas. Melissa Lucas fought back, she brought it up to the appellate court, eventually it ended up at the Supreme, remember you have federal courts where you have the district court, appellate court, and then you have the Supreme Court, that's on the federal side. But you can also go down the state side, state court, then you go to the state appeals court, and then you go to the Supreme Judicial Court on the state side, because this is a state case. She brought it all the way up to the Supreme Judicial Court and she wins. And what she won was the government can never shut down the political speech of a candidate and they referenced the US Constitution in the middle of a political campaign. That became a binding law. Government can never, and everyone in Massachusetts knows this law. So think about what they did. They violated not only the United States Constitution, but the Massachusetts Constitution. They picked up their phone and you're gonna find out they have a surveillance system, which this campaign uncovered. Tucker freaking Carlson didn't do it. Glenn Greenwald didn't do it. You know, um, go down the list of the so-called boys, you know, the little boys club who claim like they're fighting for you, okay? This campaign did it. That's right. Right? right? And no one in mainstream media has covered this campaign and we'll find out why. But bottom line is we, we found out that the government called them on October 30th. We had a hearing in federal court with a federal judge. No mainstream media covered this, by the way. Did, it, did they cover it, guys? No. Nope. nope. So all you freaking mainstream media people, Fox News, bunch of fools, CNN, a bunch of fools. Trump hasn't talked about it. He'll talk about James O'Keefe. And, and by the way, all of you are in the conservative or liberal camp, please get, let go of this. This is like stupid, okay? It's not conservative versus liberal. It's not Republican versus Democrat. It's the elites versus working people. Right, right. That's what this is about. And if you still believe, well, they're shutting down conservatives. Well, no, they actually shut down, believe it or not, even people on the left, if they say interesting things against the government, okay? This is beyond left or right. They shut down people on the quote unquote extreme left. They shut down people on the quote unquote extreme right. That's nothing to do with liberal versus, um, uh, and by the way, we'll, we'll talk about Trump too in this context and Bernie Sanders and all these guys, but every American out there needs to wake the hell up to realize that this lawsuit, we have to win this lawsuit. It is going to be the defining lawsuit of our time. Mm -hmm. And it's being fought by ordinary people and by a guy who's pro se, who came from to this country with nothing. 
and we went up against seven lawyers, a lot of them out of Harvard, okay? But on October 30th, when we first filed our lawsuit, the judge gave us a big victory. And what was that victory? That victory was, he said, you cannot, you cannot shut down this guy. It was proven in testimony on October 30th. Again, no mainstream media covered it, all scumbags. The most important lawsuit, we found out that the government in that testimony has what's called a Twitter trusted partnership. Let me repeat that again. The government of the United States, or the government of Massachusetts, they probably all have it, okay? The government of Massachusetts, I just have to uh, I'll bring you right back, right back, because I have to do this thing because of the way this works, because uh, I can't click on this. Um, okay, the government of Massachusetts, the government of Massachusetts, and all state governments, we discovered in our lawsuit, it came out in cross-examination on October 30th, when the social media communications director of the Secretary of State, when the judge cross-examined her, he said, why did you shut down Dr. Ayodure, Dr. Shiva? She said, oh, well, he was spreading election misinformation. He was saying that ballot images were destroyed, which they were. And I was exposing the government's malfeasance. So the state election director, Tassinari, ordered her to contact Twitter. Now, how did she contact Twitter? Well, it turned out the judge elicited testimony. They have a trusted Twitter partnership. Let me just repeat that. Trusted Twitter partnerships. So what does the word trusted mean? What's the opposite of trusted? What's the opposite of trusted, everyone? Untrusted. What's the opposite of partner? Stranger. So they have a trusted partnership unlike a untrusted strangership, okay? We're all strangers to Twitter, but the yeah. government has a trusted partnership. Right there, that made Twitter a state actor. Twitter's not a private freaking company anymore. They have set up a partnership for government. So we, we discovered that this movement, the Truth, Freedom and Health movement, it wasn't done by Project Veritas, it wasn't done by 60 Minutes. Mm -hmm. It wasn't done by Tucker, Carl. Tucker whatever, Carlson, okay? It wasn't done by, you know, all the dopes who claim they're conservatives fighting for Trump, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It was done by everyday working people. I work for a living. I didn't get paid a cent to file my lawsuits. That's right. Jerry didn't get paid. Everyone on this phone call, everyone on this uh no, none of us got paid, okay? We didn't go beg for money, right? We are going to raise money now, though. That's right. Because they have seven lawyers, yep. and it's only me. So we're going to go, and the judge has given us the opportunity to bring in some lawyers, okay? Mm -hmm. So what happened on October 30th, again, no mainstream media covered this. In fact, no media covered it. Why? Because we're not in the conservative camp? or the left camp, even in the independent media. On October 30th, this campaign for truth, freedom, and health, what we uncovered was the government has a surveillance system that they can report, this is the first beginning of it, and they had contacted to destroy a political candidate and they threw me off Twitter. Again, Twitter didn't do it, the government did it came out in testimony. And we also found out there's an organization called the National Association of State Election Directors. 
50 state election directors, the executive director is a woman called Amy Cohen. So the state election director not only contacted Twitter through their own channel, through their tr trusted twisted partnership, <laughs> and but they also contacted to amplify their voice. And you'll come back to this to the, through who? Through NASED, N-A-S-E-D. And NASED also contacted Twitter through their partnership to throw off a political candidate. Look, if, if, if you guys heard this was, oh, a guy was running against Putin in Russia and Putin called Twitter and threw him off. Oh my God, look at Putin. Yeah. What a fascist country. And if this happened in Burma, some woman was running in Burma against the dictatorship there and Twitter called the government and threw him off. Oh my God, look at that darky third world country. Those dark people are really third world. Or this have happened in China. China, you know, threw off a dissident. Oh my God, those yellow people over there. Which, by the way, we have a lot of conservatives doing that, always blaming China. Well, this was red-blooded red Americans mm -hmm. who threw off another American. Not only an American, but a political candidate. The government did this. And if you're not freaking pissed off at this, then something's wrong with you. I hate to say it. You should be crying at this point. So that's what happened on October 30th. First victory, the judge heard our case. Second victory, we found this out. Third victory, the judge gave us all the terms of our preliminary injunction. He ordered the Secretary of State, you will no longer call Twitter. He ordered the Secretary of State, you will call NASA and tell them to stop calling Twitter. He ordered the Secretary of State, if you have a problem with Dr. Shiva, you'll go on Twitter. But they shut down us for three months. We lost all of our opportunity to raise money. That's what they did in the general elections. November 4th, I'm back on Twitter. Okay, I'm tweeting away. On February 1st, I the second time I exposed those four email screenshots mm -hmm. in a one hour video, in a one hour video, where I educated all of you like I'm doing right now. And in that one hour video, what did we do? We shared those four screenshots. Right. It was at 8, 12 p.m. at, what's 17 minus 48? 31. 31. At 9.31 p.m., I ended that video. At not 17 minutes later, I was thrown off Twitter. I get an email from Twitter, you're thrown off. Why? Because I shared those four email screenshots again. Mm -hmm. That means they were monitoring what I was saying about Tasnari, four email screenshots, ballot images, et cetera. We went back into court within 24 hours. That was on February 3rd. We, we went back into court. Again, all those lawsuits I had to do myself in yeah. addition to running my companies, right? And they didn't think you could do it. No lawyers helped us. We don't trust the swamp here. Yeah. And the judge looked at that preliminary injunction and he said, you know what? Before I can give you complete relief, I need you to now to bring in Twitter into my court. Think about that. Federal judge is starting to connect the dots. He's saying, wait a minute, I threw him off. I need to give him complete relief. And that was the order. Mm -hmm. He said, bring in Twitter into my courtroom. He suggested, if you want complete relief, you should do that. So in March, we filed what was called a motion for joinder. 
which means joining Twitter into this lawsuit. Again, where's the freaking mainstream media? Yeah. Another huge order, historic order. Where's freaking Trump? Where's Bernie Sanders? <laughs> Where are all the Free Speech Act? Where's the EFF Foundation? Where's Edward Snowden? None of them. Where's Glenn Greenwald? Nothing. White Boys Club? I don't know. I, this is a question I got to ask. Sorry. Mm -hmm. A darkie can't be a freedom fighter for Americans. It only can be controlled by them. I had to ask that question, guys. Or a working class kid can't. It only has to be among their elites. You have to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. It's frankly disgusting that no one covered, not only that, the judge's order. That's why I'm saying this is not conservative Republican versus Democrat. All of you want to follow the GOP party? Please, please, come on. Please, let go. All of you want to follow the Democratic party? Please let go. That's not American. And maybe you need to hear someone who still has not forgotten freedom to tell you what it means to be an American. Americans fight. We don't, we're not Democrats or Republicans, we're fighters. Republicans had four years. They didn't get rid of Section 230. Ted Cruz, big talker, big fucking talker. Did shit. Yeah, he, he, they did these hearings, did nothing. You got to let go of Republicans and Democrats. Let go, become an American again. George Washington wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. He was a fighter. He hated political parties. And if you're still aligned to one of them, you got to recheck what it means to be an American. Anyway, we went back. So judge said, I want you to bring in Twitter. We filed. He said, give me a new amended complaint. We did that. May 20th, we had our hearing. May 21st. It, look. Typically, judges only do 45-minute hearings. This went on for two days. Where was the mainstream media? Nowhere. Where was fucker, Tucker Carlson? <laughs> Nowhere. 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 And that's I, I, I hate this guy, Tucker Carlson, because he confuses all the quote-unquote conservatives. Oh, Tucker's so angry. Tucker's so incisive. No, Tucker's part of the club. He didn't say shit against Hunter Biden. Remember that. Oh, he, you know, I know him. He's a nice guy. <laughs> you guys got to wake up. I have not forgotten freedom. And a lot of Americans have. This country, the great experiment of this country was the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. No other country has those two. Freedom. It is a foundation of getting to truth and to getting to health. We have to win back our freedom, not fight for freedom. We've lost it, guys. We've lost our freedom because the government can shut down political candidates. So we went into this hearing May 20th. Me? against three Twitter lawyers, Harvard-educated guys, Wilmer Hale, the number one law firm in the world, 
<laughs> the lawyer representing Twitter is the vice chair. Wow. Doing her hair. You know, everyone should ask where she gets her <laughs> hair done. Okay. She's more concerned about her hair than anything else. Patrick Cormachi, I think. He's the one who sued the governor of Texas. These are high-powered people, guys. They've studied law all day. Me against three of them, plus the lawyer from NASID, plus three lawyers from the Secretary of State, seven people. Eight hours started at 9.30 a.m., went until 4 p.m., pretty much nonstop. And in those four hours, we gave our opening statement where I shared with people what a, how grateful I am to be part of this country. My entire life, not only as a scientist and a technologist, but 41 years as a political activist. And then I shared with the judge something I discovered midnight of that night, what is called the playbook. And I'm going to walk through that. We're, I want to go through before I get into that. But I had discovered on a server somewhere, because I was very curious, what the hell is this trusted, twisted partnership? <laughs> and I found out that this trusted, twisted Twitter partnership it's a is actually a partnership <laughs> which originates with the defendants. And they were all like, we don't know that person. We have nothing to do with Twitter. Twitter has, we're just all, the, Twitter took Dr. Shivoff on his own. We had nothing to do with it. And when I shared this playbook that I had discovered, the judge got it. He, he said, you know, clearly the government and Twitter were state actors in this case. And he said, you know what? The next day, May 21st, he started, he started the hearings and he's saying, this lawsuit will more than likely be taught in every law school. Let me repeat that again. This is a federal judge. This is a judge who was a judge to expose that Whitey Bulger was an FBI informant. Okay. So let me go back to, I'm going to bring people on and I want to go around the room. Let me bring everyone in. I'm going to bring Rosa in and where's Margo, Margo and Crystal. So let me, so we have, a, so a bunch of, we had about 350 people. It may, it may have been a world record for the number of people in a law, in a, in a Zoom lawsuit. I think it Yeah, they been. were shocked. Yeah, let me. They were shocked about how many people were joining. Right, let me just uh, zoom out so people can see you guys, even though it's a small screen here. There. Okay, Jerry. Um, you can come up closer, Jerry. So what occurred was, that we had 350 people on the call. Um, but what was profound was people were very engaged. People learned about the process here. So let's start, who wants to go first? Who wants to share? Crystal, did we lose you? You did for a second, I'm back. Crystal, are you back? Here we are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why don't we start with that? Uh, Dwayne, you're in Japan. Someone is making a lot of noise. I think that's coming from Crystal. <laughs> Hear that? Yeah. That's Crystal's. Crystal, you got a mice in your computer. 
Anyway, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Um, why don't we start with um, with Dwayne? Dwayne, what, what was your takeaway from what you heard? Uh, first, it was really interesting being able to uh, watch the proceedings from here in Japan. Um, you know, what's going on in America there? I'm kind of out of the country. It's kind of a bird's eye view looking down on what's going on there. And, you know, it really is sad. And so, you know, seeing the developments in the case, it's really promising that there's someone fighting for us and there's actually movement in the right direction to, uh, you know, getting things done. And so, you know, it made me proud watching. And the judge is really on top of things, watching uh, the way he has your back um, and, you know, the way you're presenting it, 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 it really is, uh, it makes me proud to watch. Yeah, Dwayne, it's not the judge has my back. The judge is a constitutionalist. So let's just make that clear. It's not personal. This judge actually cares about the, he actually cares about the constitution at a very fundamental level. And so I think to characterize it as he has my back, is more what he sees in me is a guy who actually has America's back and he also happens to have America's back and he right. sees the merits of this case. So, yeah, but, but anyway, you were, what time was it in Japan when you logged in? It was like one o'clock in the morning when I started. And so, you know, I went as long as I could, but by four o'clock, four o'clock, five o'clock, I was, I was kind of zoning out, but it was. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you came in. Let's go to, uh, uh, Rosa, if you can look into the camera, what was your impression? Rosa's in uh, New York. Go ahead, Rosa. You got to unmute yourself. Yes. I, I'm very disappointed that this is such an important case, yet the media is not covering it. And We are the media, Rosa. That's what this shows. The media right. is not the media. We have to be the media. They, yeah. they are part of this, and they are trying their very best to conceal this injustice. This is something that affects all Americans, and so this should be viewed by everyone. And I really like the judge because he is being very, very fair to everyone. He is allowing enough time for everyone to present their argument. And... Um, and he was very stunned. He did not expect to, um, you know, the evidence that you provided about the playbook was totally shocking to him and to all of us. And I think it was also shocking uh, to the other lawyers that did not expect that. So they was very good. I, I was really excited about that. And they should make us, make them really think. I think they're sweating bullets. That's what I think. Yeah. Thank you, Rosa. Let's go to uh, Dr. Michelle. Go ahead, Dr. Michelle. Hi, everybody. Yeah, a lot of takeaways. And to build off of Rosa, the discovery of the playbook, and do I recall right, partnership systems portal, going through that on day two was just amazing how much they obfuscated the other lawyers and skirting around that and trying to make it a terms of service issue where we you had thankfully been able to submit that playbook and i think it's on page 20 or something clearly showing that they have a closed loop feedback system that showed that you were in that ongoing monitoring process and that's why after nothing for a while 
on February 1st when you show those screenshots, then bam, you were in that loop. And that, that was just amazing to me. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, just to let everyone know what, what Dr. Michelle is talking about. If, um, how many of you guys uh, listening? We have close to 1,200 people, 1,300 people live listening. Wow. Um, so uh, those of you listening, how many of you want us to cover the playbook? We discovered the actual documents, the documents that show that they have put together an infrastructure. When I say they, the government, this is no longer conspiracy. When I say they, I'm talking about actual people's names who got together at the Belfer Institute, Belfer Institute. <laughs> Crazy Metaphor. names, right? Right. <laughs> These people put together a structure, a set of processes and protocols and infrastructure with direct connection to Twitter that allows them to silence speech silently. If you guys want us to go over the playbook, we'll share it with you. We have all the screenshots which we submitted. Um, we'll do that. But let me go to Heather. Heather's from. Uh, Oregon. Go ahead, yeah. Heather. I am from Oregon, and I was I was really happy to hear that the judge really strongly opined that one of the strongest intentions of the First Amendment is for people to be able to express political speech, um, as well as your playbook. I, I really want to see what that looks like. I about hit the floor when you shared that you had found that. Um, I, I think everyone was pretty stunned um, at that remarkable access to the influence operators. And I also was wondering if you would speak to, um, could, could you identify who the director of the National Association of State Election Directors is? Because I found that to be very interesting. Sure. Let me do that. Yeah. So everyone wants us to see the playbook. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, everyone listening, when you see this playbook, when you see this playbook, you will realize that we've lost freedom. And that's why I'm gonna just take a, a quick aside here to let everyone know, and we move very fast, guys. We're like a freaking guerrilla force here. We move fast, and that's why they don't, in fact, the Felicia Ellsworth, the hoity-toity lawyer, that's what she is. I mean, that's what these people are, right? They think they're better than everyone. She was whining to the judge, Oh, I think someone, some other lawyer did his law, his, his briefs. briefs. Yeah. That as though a darkie can't do briefs from MIT. Seriously, I got to start looking at the race. I'm, I'm, look, whether you're conservative or Republican, you got to understand these people, when I say darkie, I'm talking about we're all dark matter to them. Remember, 95% of the universe is dark matter. I'm using it in that broad terms, not just color. They don't like dark matter, meaning they don't like they want us all to be silenced. Dark matter is in the background. They want to be the 2% matter and energy which control the universe. That's what I mean by dark matter, just to be clear on that, okay? I just happen to be dark and dark matter, okay? <laughs> We're all dark matter in their eyes, okay? They don't want us. So what we've done is, and we'll get to this, the judge, on the second day, he said, you know, Dr. Shiva, I want to appoint you a court, a constitutional lawyer who will assist you. And he's even saying that I may make a hybrid arrangement. It goes, the, 
Federal law allows me to do that. There's case law where you can, because he recognizes the constitutional issues here. So he has advised me, we had an open discussion in front of hundreds of people, very transparently, not in backroom doors, openly, that he is advised, and he's he and this is the same lawyer he had advised to use in a criminal case. That's where this is going, guys. We're talking about a criminal case and constitutional case. So, and this is unprecedented. A judge, it happens in criminal cases, is going to give our movement to win back freedom a constitutional lawyer because I don't know all those details. So I can do my thing as a fighter and a warrior, but I'll have this guy over here helping us, okay? And if everyone wants to know about the lawsuit and all the details, I'm going to show you the playbook. But every brief that is done that I wrote, that I filed, no lawyer helped me. You can go to a website, and I'm going to show you right now. Take a little quick break here. And if you guys want to go, and by the way, um, here's a website. If you type in win backfreedom.com win back freedom that's a you know we have truth freedom and health freedom is the center of this if you go to winbackfreedom.com it'll bring you to the site it says dr shiva's historic first amendment lawsuit to win back freedom first case in us to show government may twitter silence political speech so i want you guys to go to this website winbackfreedom.com probably everyone's hitting it <laughs> All right. Um, and if you go to this website, whenever it comes up, right, um, because it's probably being hammered right now, okay, which is good. Um, there. You will see that we have this great logo, you know, and let me go look, show you this logo that I put together this morning. Some of you know, know I love art. Um, I love design, so I do all my art stuff. But what you see here is on the left side are all these people's movements. The movement for women's rights, even the people, you know, there's the American Revolution, the people who fought in, in uh, you know, in India against the, the genocide. Here's Crazy Horse, okay, Go, going after even Custer, okay, the Russian Revolution, even the people of Cuba who fought initially against Batista, left or right, we don't care. These were when people rose up. There's Malcolm X, one of my heroes. And all of these people's movements are bringing us at this point into this lawsuit. This is a trushula. It is the trident. Okay. And you notice we have the megaphones here. Right. Yeah. And this is us throwing it up against. This is David versus Goliath. And look at what I've done on this picture. I put the crown. You guys can see this. You have royalty, MI6. These are the people. And you'll see why. Harvard, Belfer Institute, Stanford, FBI, CIA, CISA, state officials. You know, whenever, if you put this up before, people say, oh, that's conspiracy theory. No, we're going to show you it's actually real. There's state officials who launder censorship through these organizations to big tech through Twitter. Twitter is basically the executioner there. Jack Dorsey is just an idiot, okay? he when, when government says jump, he jumps. That's all mm -hmm. he is. He's just a fool, okay? And you see what it says here. Identify influence operators, flag them, report them to TV and radio, 
set keywords, monitor them, destroy opposing views, corruption. This is our fight, everyone. And I want everyone to go, even if you give $1, you should do that. We need a million people to give $1. And what does this say here? It says, this is the first lawsuit to expose how government censors, let me repeat that again, censors US citizens' speech on Twitter. For years, we were told Twitter acts on its own as a private company, and you cannot question their decisions. Following the deplatforming of Dr. Shiva, testimony and hearings in federal court elicited how government and Twitter have created an infrastructure for government to launder censorship. They launder like they launder money. They launder censorship of speech through Twitter. That way, when they deplatform you, they can say, we didn't do it. Twitter we did it. Oh, no. You got nothing oh, to do no. with it. No, we have our terms and conditions. Right. This website provides all documents as they emerge in this historic lawsuit. The presiding federal judge declared this case is one of the one of substantial constitutional consequences and a lawsuit that will likely become a law school exam in constitutional law. Dr. Mm -hmm. Shiva is representing himself against big law and big tech. It's truly a David, there you go, versus Goliath story. We, we the people versus the elite who never liked the First Amendment, kindly contribute. And if you click here, anyone who wants to go here, I, I, to me, I don't care how much you contribute, but we want lots of people behind. This is a bottoms up movement. So go here, give $1. I, I don't, but more, more importantly, we want to build this movement for truth, freedom, and health. But without freedom, and all these people shed their blood all over the world fighting against oppressors. It's beyond left and right. So I don't want to hear, well, that was a communist revolution. That was a right wing. No, it was people's movements bottoms up. Maybe they were taken over later on, but they were all people's movements. And when you take our course, you'll understand how we avoid them being taken over. Okay. But this is where we're at. We're right here. And what we have here for everyone is all the material we shared in federal court. Now, the main thing I want to share with you is that this was the last filing I filed. So what happened, as some of you may remember, was that on, uh, on the evening of May 20th, I said, Your Honor, I have found the documents. I literally found them on a server. I said, I have found the documents that will show unequivocally that all of these parties, the government, NASCD and Twitter all work together to create, they're the architects of an infrastructure to surveil and silence the speech of Americans. In the morning, the judge didn't want to hear it. Nope. In the afternoon on May 20th, he goes, he oh my did. God, right? Yeah, once he, he realized he what it was. It. He said, file it, okay? Absolutely. He said, file it. And by the way, it is disgusting that mainstream media is not covering it. And the only way forward is everyone listening on this, every one of you must become journalists now. You gotta go to this Twitter, the, the Facebook account, the YouTube, and you guys gotta share it. You guys gotta share, all of you should write your own press releases of this thing. Everyone here must become their own reporter. To hell with mainstream media. They're part of the government. They are. Government yeah. tells Tucker Carlson what to do. The little preppy boy jumps. Don't put Shiva on. Shiva's not on. That's Tucker freaking Carlson. And this is not, this is by design, guys. They don't want 
you. They don't want me working people ever building a real movement. Mm -hmm. So let me show you this playbook. But before I go there, let's get some more input. Margo, are you there? Hi. Um, go ahead, Margo. Well, first of all, I was very pleasantly surprised that the judge is so reasonable and fair. Are you there? Yes. <laughs> I can hear some you speaking, Dr. Shiva. Yeah, I think I think someone is doing feedback. If everyone go ahead. Go ahead, Margo. Yes, I was talking to the judge was so reasonable and fair and just that that was amazing to me that he was so fair. Um, and then you were so articulate and persuasive and you took every advantage possible to um, present our case. And I was so grateful for that. Um, so, and I was, and it's like in the movie that you found the playbook, the last minute you found the playbook and it changes everything because the judge was very interested in it and he was going through the pages with you. He even said, what about page 46? And you said, yes, oh yes, page 46. In detail, he was looking at it in detail and it was very, very encouraging. Yeah, what, um, yeah, I think that's, that's, what, that's what was powerful about those, this whole thing, Margo, that it is inspiring, right? The reason the mainstream media does not want to cover this is they do not ever want people to be inspired that we, the people, can fight back. They always want to make it as though they're in control of everything. Right? They want to make people, well, you got to, Tucker's going to do the job for us. Trump is going to do the job for us. Yeah, Trump did a great job for us. Q's going to do the job. Q is going to do the job. Bernie's going to do the job, right? They do not want us ever getting victories. And here we have a victory, a big victory. And no one in the mainstream media will ever cover it. That's why. You know, the revolution will never be tele televised. Gil Scott Heron, very famous poem. It won't be televised. A tree falls in the forest. No one hears it. That's what they want. Yep. They want us to be the trees that fall in the forest. That's where their silence on this historic lawsuit pretty much says we're on right track. And that right track, everyone listening, must. You guys must write about this lawsuit. Go ahead, Jerry. You want to let me go over to Jerry Payne here. Go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, to me. The biggest thing that it showed was the biggest thing that it shows was was the lines have been blurred between corporations and government, and and that's fascism, and and this document that you found, the playbook, is, is a smoking gun that's going to prove it, and it's it's just going to be a phenomenal case as we move forward and go through discovery, and uh, go to trial. It's, it's, it's historic setting and it's unbelievable uh, what you did, Shiva. And I'm, I'm uh, so proud to, uh, to know you and, and work with you. Yeah, I, I shared this with a couple of people the night before this loss. You got to understand, I've never done this before. It's frankly very lonely, okay? You're going up against world class people. And the night before, I got up in the middle of the night and I was crying. And I haven't shared this, but I, you know, since we're all pretty transparent here and you guys need to understand how personal this is to me. It was like four in the morning and I woke up remembering the last time I saw my grandparents was when I was 12 years old, when I left India. I, I left India when I was seven, five years I'd been in the United States. 
growing up in working class towns in New Jersey, went back when I was 12, back into that small village where my grandparents lived. And what I remember was that when I was leaving that village, I remember my, um, my uh, grandmother and grandfather coming to see me off. At the, and, it, and by the way, in those days, you took the old train, the caboose. <laughs> Literally, it's out of the Wild West, believe it or not. And I'm not telling you, I'm being serious. It was like the old caboose trains out of the Wild West, okay? That, it, that was what we took. And my grand, you know, this is a small village, no running water, no electricity, dirt floors. You know, my, my aunt lived in a small hut. And my grandparents came uh, barefooted and they're looking outside the window of that train station. And I remember them just crying and me crying because of the great love I had for them and the love I had for America. All those working class people would help me, taught me landscaping. And I knew I would be going there, but I knew that I would have a life that they could never dream of. And I knew all the hard work that they did was what enabled me to even get there. And in that instant, as a 12-year-old kid, I made this decision. And it's, I, it's a decision from that instant that brought me to this lawsuit was that I said that I can never be a parasite. I must fight for them and those people that when I go back to the United States, I better work my ass off and I better become a good student and I better take advantage of all the great things America has to offer because if I didn't do that and I, I was dishonorable to those people, it was a decision a 12 year old boy made. So I, I woke up um, crying and I realized crying with joy to realize that I had this opportunity now to face the nemesis that I always wanted to face. All these scumbags who think they're better than you. All these Harvard educated elitists. Not all people are bad, but they're freaking elitists. And that I would have the chance to fight for this country and the founders of this country and the people for, of this country who fought many wars, that I would have a chance to face this evil and to fight it. And I was crying with a sense of joy and a sense of poignancy at the journey that life had brought me on. And that's how I entered that lawsuit on May 20th with this immense love. And that is what you have to have because there is no other country which has the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. And that is why people come to this country. Because that freedom. And you have to be willing to die for it, guys. Whether you, what, what kind of life is it to live? Well, I'm, I, I do yoga and I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I look great, don't I? I got Botox and look how beautiful I am. But you live like a freaking slave. Is that what you want? No. No way. That's a decision every one of us has to make. What does it mean to be a human being? This is a very fundamental question. What does it mean to be a human being? I got food, I get to go to Cape Cod, I get to do my vacation, I get to do here. Yeah, you're a slave. The founders of this country fought a monarchy for the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. That's why my parents came here. That's why people, every one of us is not, you know, 
Native Americans, but all of us came from somewhere, black or white, red, yellow, whatever color you are. And this conservative Republican bullshit divide is about dividing us. The real enemy is the state, the government. And they use private corporations to silence us. Therefore, they can have plausible deniability. That's what's going on. We've lost our freedom. So let me show it to you. Anyone else want to share before I go share the playbook? Anyone want? Go ahead, Crystal. Unmute yourself, please. Go ahead, Crystal. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. After just listening to what you said, sometimes people want to be upset or, or give up and it's actually a very amazing time to be alive um and we're very thankful for you to take advantage of that in the fullest capability that you can and uh something that i thought about while i was driving after thinking about the last two days of the hearing when you did bring out the playbook and you started to explain to the judge what it actually entailed unlike everyone else you did not patronize him he admitted that he's very unfamiliar with social media and how it works and it's going to take the inventor of email i believe to educate this judge on how technology is being used by the government to silence speech and to silence acquittal a political candidate like yourself during a campaign and violate somebody's first amendment rights. Um, and uh, you could tell that they were hiding something and it's almost like they, they, don't, they don't want anyone to know that these nefarious dealings that they're doing with this playbook and, and how they do that, you know, um, like the judge couldn't understand it or something. <laughs> so I think he's very appreciative that you're taking the time to explain it to him um, because he, he realizes that there's something that he does not know. So he knows that there's something he doesn't know and you're going to help him figure out what that is, I think. So, yeah. Thank you, Shiva. Dr. Shiva. You're welcome. You know, yeah, you're welcome, Crystal. So let me, um, let me walk through the playbook, okay? The playbook. What is a playbook, by the way? Think about what, what the word playbook means. Yeah. Um, let's, let's walk through this playbook, okay? Okay, everyone ready to have their minds blown? Seriously. By the way, everyone listening, you should be sharing this on Facebook. You should be doing watch parties and should be telling everyone to join. Okay. So let's show you the playbook. Okay. Yeah. By the way, our campaign, 70% is women. Seriously. Women are strong. Women are the ones who led the working class movements of the 1800s, which resulted in the infrastructure we got in the early 1900s. My mom was a very strong, powerful woman. It's women 
who in many ways understand oppression at a deep level. Not I'm saying men don't, but women intuitively understand it. Women connect with this movement and women know BS too pretty quickly. Mothers know what's, what's true, okay? Women's intuition. That's why our movement is powered by lots of women. So let me, um, let me share with you this playbook. Let me share with you this playbook. So when we found this playbook, okay, how did I find it? Well, let me just explain what happened. It wasn't, um, it was basically an intuition I had. Uh, you know, I uh, try to meditate typically every, you know, evening and every uh, morning. Uh, it's sort of in my repertoire, what I do. And I knew I was going into a big fight here. So something, um, who is making all that noise? Crystal. Okay. So what happened was the night um, up before the hearing, um, the question I had was, what is this trusted uh, Twitter partnership, right? It really bothered me. Crystal, I'm going to have to mute you. Okay. Um, it really bothered me. What was this trusted Twitter partnership? And in all the hundreds of thousands of words of legal briefs the opposition had filed, I only saw it once. So I was like, wait a minute, how come no one's talking about this? So I started searching all over the internet, still couldn't find anything. Finally, you know, I used to write search engines when I was in my 20s, and I know how to use what's called adjacency searches. And I started using Google's advanced search tool, and I found a document written by the head of Twitter, in England, and she's talking about something called the Twitter Partnership Support Portal, PSP. Almost like it's not like a drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? PPPS? PCP. 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 Yeah. PCP. I, I wouldn't know about it. By the way, PSP sounds so innocuous, right? Anandine. You know, it's just something. Yeah. By the way, that's how these guys work. They always do something to really screw you, but they make it a very simple term. Oh, this is a partner support portal. Well, the partner support portal turns out is the technology infrastructure that Twitter gives to the government and trusted twisted partners. Twisted. Okay. So Twitter can give them a special VI. It's like you have the American Express black card, right? And the rest of us have the credit union credit card, right? right, right. They have the American Express VIP black card. So that partnership allows the government to directly, so I saw that once and it turned out the PSP was rolled out in England by the security forces, by, by the parliamentary security services. Interesting. Then I saw another indication of it used in India in the elections and then Taiwan, Australia. And then I found this document, okay? Here's the document. I gotta do this so I can share this with you. Let me share this document. So here it is. I'm gonna, so I found a bunch of documents. Now, you have to understand that up until finding this document, the government of Massachusetts is saying, oh, we have nothing to do with the National Association of State Election Directors, which is an organization in DC, which is all the state election directors, which also has a trusted, twisted par Twitter partnership, <laughs> okay? 
So we found out that I'll share. So the woman, Michelle Tassinari, who's a state election director in Massachusetts, who's going to be the president, president. who's now the president, president of NASCD. She was acting like, oh, I, you know, uh, me? Uh, well, we just called, we just called him because he was spreading election misinformation. I couldn't allow that. Absolutely not. Right? Well, let me show you the first document here. Let me bring all of them up. It's quite fascinating, actually. Okay. Let me bring this up. So lo and behold, we find, I find the first document. And I'm going to share with you here, which is called this. The Election Cyber Incident Communications Coordination Guide for the Election Infrastructure Government. Okay, and you go through this guide. By the way, it's done at Harvard, at the Belfer Center Belfer. for Defending Digital Democracy. Right, they're defending, like Harvard cares about democracy. Okay, right. defending, you see this beautiful terms? This is all branding. They probably paid a bunch of people to figure out that terminology. Kennedy School of Government, right? Deep state as you can get. And what do you see here? Okay, here's the front page. Here's Defending Democracy, Election Cyber Incident Communications Guide. And as, as I was going through this, and this was written four years ago, okay? Which was a foundational document leading to the playbook. What do you see here? Contributors. Amy Cohen, oh, National Association amazing. of State Election Directors. Okay, amazing. right there, okay? There you go, all right? And oh, look at this person, no way. Michelle Tassinari. Wow, she, she was just okay. walking by. She was just walking by and they were claiming, well, we don't really know each other, you know? Or, you know. Well, there you are. You're the ones who put together this document which was the foundational document leading up to the playbook, okay? So that's one, all right? Let me now, I wanna bring up the next document here, which is, aha. So that document was the beginning of, let me bring this up, sorry, wrong one. The, Yes, here we go, okay? Now, that document, uh, everyone listening, was the, let me bring this next document. Again, there were two documents that Ms. Tassinari worked on. That was one of them, and the next document was this one, okay? It's called the State and Local Election Cybersecurity Playbook. Another playbook. Another, but this was in 2018. And again, you see this here, again, at the Belfast Center, Belfast. right? And again, the state and local cybersecurity playbook, okay? And you'll see, there you go. Amy Cohen is there again. And over here is her friend, Michelle Tassinari, okay? There you go. And you got other interesting people here. By the way, this guy attacked me also saying, oh, I adore spreading election misinformation, okay? Again, Charles Stewart over here, okay? We'll come back to him, all right? So there you go. So these were the two foundational documents, all right? So those two foundational documents, everyone, were the documents that, did. Ever, was everyone able to see that when I shared it? Yes, okay. 
So those two foundational documents are written in 2018 with Tasnari and Cohen, who were contributors, architects of that. Two years later, now they use that foundational knowledge to write this document. Okay, let's go to that. This is a smoking gun. Well, well, this is a, one of them. Okay, so this was, look what it's called. Election Influence Operations Playbook. What is influence operations, I wondered, okay? And it's for state and local officials, government officials. Playbook, understanding election mis and disinformation, all right? So as you go through this, everyone listen very carefully, okay? Again, who's here? Cohen, okay? But also guess who's here? Twitter legal. Twitter legal department is one of the architects of this playbook. Twitter legal with NASID and Twitter legal had filed affidavit saying Amy Cohen, they never heard of her. She was just a private citizen when she reported me. Well, clearly, you know, I've worked on operating documents. When you do stuff like this, you go back and forth. You know all the parties involved. Okay. So there's Amy Cohen, National Association of State Elector Directors. Who is the woman that the government called, which this is also a state actor. And look, they're part of this, right? But so clearly they're part of it. They lied to the court, concealed evidence. So now, by the way, that's part of RICO. Now what you see is this playbook is divided into three parts. By the way, there's part one, part two. There is a part three. But we can't, I couldn't get it. You have to send a special email to Harvard, Harvard to get it. So what do we see here? Social media platforms are creating more ways for election officials to report false information that may affect elections. That means you can use social media. Now, influence operations 101. <laughs> What are influence operations? Influence, op they have a term. This is like CIA stuff, guys. I-O, what is it saying here? Can you guys not see this? We can't see it, my friend. Oh, hold on. Sharing the long window, let me see this here. Can you see it now? Is that better? Yeah, slide that window to the left, yeah. How's that, is that better? There it is. Okay, I'm even gonna make this bigger so everyone can see it. Is that better? Okay, so this is the Influence Operations book, all right? And... Yeah, show us again the authors real quick because we weren't able to see that, please. I'm sorry, sorry. There are the authors. Everyone see that? Amy Cohen and Twitter Legal. The legal department of that, that of Twitter who are representing Twitter saying, we don't know this person. She was just a private citizen. Yet they're the ones who authored this playbook, which is the playbook of how to censor every American. And you're going to see that. Okay. Even the title sounds illegal. Election does. <laughs> right. So let's go into this. All right. So everyone see that? Now, 
And by the way, you, you see how beautiful, this is like Orwellian, defending digital democracy. <laughs> Truth will be lies, lies will be, huh? Sorry, love, can we see the date of publication real quick? Who's asking that? I am Dr. M Michelle. Right here. This was published in 2020, September 2020, but the actual date when I saw you was April of 2020. Hold on, let me find it. Um, right there, you see that? April 28th. Okay? Thank you. Right, so there we go, okay? So what do we see here? They have created a terminology for people called influence operators. These are people on the internet who have a lot of influence and they could be spreading disinformation as the government decides. And they call them an IO, influence operations. IO also known as influence operations or series of warfare tactics historically used to collect information. That's the way they define it, all right? So they define people call influence operators. And then they go on to describe what kinds of stuff an influence operator may put out. And they give some examples. And then they give what an influence operator may do, okay? <laughs> Let me find this. Uh, hold on. This is what I shared with the judge. Here we go. An influence operator could be someone who says, if you see right here, so if I'm saying people who run elections are corrupt, I'm an influence operator. Everyone see this? Everyone see this? Yes. What did I say? My tweet said that the state election director is violating federal law and is corrupt. Right? Right. Right. Everyone get that? Yeah. This is one of the indicators of an influence operator. So I get branded like I'm a communist. I'm an influence operator. Mm -hmm. So they have criteria. So, and then they talk about how influence operators work. They target divisive issues. Okay. They move accounts in place. They amplify distorting the conversation. They make the mainstream, all right? And then they talk about how you target an influence operator. Who are they? What, when, where, how? And then they say who? So this is a category I fell into. Misin what they call, I'm not spreading misinformation, but the most prominent targets include election officials in your office. <laughs> Look at that. So they're telling that, you know, if I write a tweet as a political candidate, exposing an election official, I'm an influence operator. And let's, another thing is what kind of tweets may I put out? I may argue that their voting systems don't work or they're corrupt or they're not counting the votes right, okay? This is how you target somebody. What do you guys think? This is part one. And then they end part one with how you handle them. And, and that's what goes into part two. First, you need to anticipate and prepare. You need to identify them. You need to respond to them. You need to improve ongoing monitoring, but it doesn't end. Once you identify them, so they took me out on 
September 24th. And they came back at me on February 1st. Okay. So this is, this is the first document. Okay. How are we doing everyone? Okay. Now, now, okay. Let me share the most powerful document, which we got submitted into testimony. Okay. Which is this one. And by the way, there's a third one. Okay. But we haven't seen it. So let me close this one down. Can everyone see this or no? This is part. Gotta go to, okay. Everyone see this? Yes. Okay. What is this called? Election part two. Okay. The empire strikes, strikes back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Same people. Cause you know, they're part of it. Four stages of countering election influence operations. Four stages. Modern influence operations typically attack the democratic process. So that means if you expose a state election official, you're attacking the democratic, you're anti-democracy. The most effective responses are swift, simple, and clear. Swift, a unified team effort, including those responsible for operations, which means the government, NASCD, Twitter, okay? Then here's their, again, I want to point, this is their playbook. Figure out who they are, identify, respond, and monitor, okay? So how do they do this? Well, first, they lay out the org structure you need in your organization. You better have your chief election official, Michelle Tasnari. She's also the director of elections, and she's the chief legal officer. She gets to be all three. O'Malley's here. Uh, actually, the chief election officer is Galvin, okay? The director of elections is Tasnari, and O'Malley's here. So they say you need an organization, and these are all the communication coordination you need to do. And they lay out the architecture, okay? Like how, how you should be ready, okay? For managing these influence operators. And then it says, make sure you go get a Twitter blue check mark, which is to the state election officials. So that all seems, okay, that's interesting. Then know your threats. Who are they? What kind of people are they? And then they tell you to build keywords. Now, when I put, put this in the first lawsuit, they said, oh, he's lying. We don't have keywords. We don't even know what keywords are. <laughs> well, it's right there. Develop keywords, okay? Well, the keywords that we know they used for me were lawsuit, yeah. election fraud, Tassinari, ballot images. Because anytime those tweets came out, they flagged them. But it teaches the election, the government to prepare keywords for your Operator, they tell you how to go use Twitter to do that. Then, this is where it gets more interesting. They tell you how to identify the severity of the influence operator. Do they have an established voice? I bet you I did, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what is their credibility? Well, as you, a very high credibility. How much volume? How? If you guys look at my tweets and my Facebook, I do a tweet. I get twenty thousand retweets sometimes. Yeah. Right. And so I got check, check, check on all these high. Then they tell them how you identify someone as high, medium, or low threat. Well, I was identified clearly as a high threat. And then they tell them how you should attack that person. First, report them through your Twitter platform and then call others. You see, it says reporting to the platforms. Try to minimize an incident's viral traction can become important. 
but it cannot be only from you. You must also, okay, bring in other voices, which is the National Association of State Election Directors. Then they say our toolkit includes a special section that details what you need to report on each major platform. Now you'll find out they have a special access on Twitter, okay? Twitter, if you've been enrolled into the partner support portal, that means the government gets special treatment. This is illegal, guys. Yep. This is where the illegality starts. So if you're not enrolled and they tell the government how to enroll, so you and I can't get into this. We're strangers and we're not trusted, but the government can, okay? So black and white right there. Then it says how you communicate, all right, information. But the most important thing is it says how you handle high threats, medium threats, and low threats. Well, I was categorized as high from all accounts. But look what it says. You activate your response team. You, you know, tell people on social media what to do. But look what it says here. Continue media and digital media monitoring. Means once you get that person, keep monitoring them. Yep. That's a feedback loop. They don't do that with low priority, you see? All right. Then you improve... And then it gives the toolkit. And this is the exact outline of what you do with Twitter. Okay? The PSP, Partner Support Portal. Enroll in the Partner Support Portal. Election officials have access to... This is when the judge wanted me to point this out. Ahead of November, Twitter is making the PSP... Uh, this is right here illegal, by the way, guys. This is what makes Twitter a state actor. Once they do it, they're no longer a private company. They have become a state actor. Everyone understand this? Let me just take a break to make sure everyone gets what I'm saying. You guys all get this? Dare I say clearly? What? Yeah. But, <laughs> but the point is, everyone listening, we, we, got, we got more people joining. We got another 200 people who just joined us live. Okay? So what you have is the government is here. You go back to here. Uh, I can't move. This is weird. When I do this, uh, let me see here. Can I go into solo layout? Okay. Oh, there we go. There we go. Okay. So what this means, everyone, is that here's the government. They've set up all these processes to identify you, whether you're high, medium, low threat. They do the analysis. They I can associate keywords to you. And then the next thing is they have the partner support portal brought to you by the Trusted Twisted Partnership. And that partnership, when Twitter offered that to them, guess what? Twitter is no longer a private company. Is that clear? Yes. They're not a, they can't claim they're private. You just gave the government. Well, once you do that, you become a state actor. That means you have to have due process. How did you do this? How do you target you? Now you, you have to abide by the U.S. Constitution. You no longer have First Amendment rights. Okay? You lose them. Because now you are a state actor. Okay? That's what this campaign discovered. So let me go back. So what do we see here now? 
So let's go back to here. I know it's getting late for some people. <laughs> um, so let's go back to here. So anyway, this thing tells them, and this was a, the real clincher here. This is where it says, there. it says that they have two, the VIP and the non-VIP. If you are not registered on the PSP and are unable to coordinate with your chief election officials, you can report directly to Twitter. So this is for the, the, the peasants, okay? But it says, as an official, the PSP is the best mechanism to get content flagged for faster review. This is, this is a VIP line. And then they go back and do all this. The most important thing is, let's go back to the beginning of this document, okay? Or the, 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 what I shared with you earlier. The, this document is being authored, architected by Twitter Legal and the National Association of State Directors. And these documents are part of the ecosystem of four documents where Tassinari was also involved. So there you go, okay? That's what you have. Let me uh, bring in a couple of other people who didn't have, who haven't, we haven't heard from. Who else do we have? Um, go ahead, Kristen. What did you think about what you heard? Kristen? Hi, sorry, just unmuting. So um, that playbook was uh, a bomb. Um, but what I can say that hasn't been said yet is the bigger picture of, um, how the, the root of this, I, I think, and you've mentioned Dr. Shiva, is big academia that we often forget about, that big academia is the place where a lot of this stuff originates. And um, what was really satisfying to me among so many things that have already been mentioned is how your case uh, has really brought this part of the, the big academia playbook with the playbook, how they, um, how they are really controlling a lot of these Orwellian things that we're seeing in our society today. Yeah. Uh, and that's just really exciting to me because the way it's happening and the way you're laying it out, um, number one, it is not a conspiracy theory. It's like direct evidence that you can correlate to every single thing that you've been laying out in your case. So it's right there in black and white. Um, it, it's just really, it's exciting and it's definitely in inspiring me to actually start writing again. I used to write articles, you know, like 20 years ago and now I'm like picking up the pen again. It's just super exciting to see, um, to see you take on like Twitter legal and all of these big hoity-toity Whitey McWhite whites from Harvard. You know, it's like yeah. it's, Shiva comes in there. And like Shiva, I gotta say too, it's just, I mean, even my 11 year old son stopped what he was doing to watch this thing. It was so... Um, well, well, Kristen, let me just stop you right there. Do you know in the 70s, some of you may know this, when the Nixon hearings were going on, court, the reporters would go to the court yeah. They would take notes and they write it, mm -hmm. right? That's why F the mainstream media, we have to become the modern reporters. That's why we invited you there. And what needs to happen is we need to become the media. By the way, the First Amendment and the freedom of the press, do you know when the founders came up with the press concept? It wasn't New York. It was we were all the press. Because in those days, you would have the printing press, up until 1960s, most there were 70% were newsletters written by everyday ordinary citizens. Everyone here needs to become the press. So anyone who heard the lawsuit, write up something. I noticed 
Heather and Renee were putting together a press release, right? Whatever version you saw, get it out there, okay? I saw Ken Fielding did one, get it out there. We have so much content in this lawsuit, so many dimensions, so much significance. The mainstream media ain't gonna do it because it's gonna implicate them because we will also find the playbook showing why Tucker Carlson would never put Dr. Shiva Adure on, right? One phone call to Tucker. Tucker, don't put this guy on. He's, you know, he's, he's a conspiracy theorist. And go look at his Wikipedia page. Oh, ooh, right? So that's where that's where these people are. They've created their own little world, and it's the Euroboros snake, you know, the snake biting its own tail. That's what's going on right now. So I encourage everyone listening to become the press. We need to win back our freedom. I have something scrolling here, okay? Go to this website, Win Back for Freedom. Give $1 if you want, just to be part of this. I'd rather have a million people giving us $1 mm -hmm. than we don't, you know, than uh, a bunch of people giving us, you know, $10,000, whatever. We don't want that. We want people, this is, a, this is David versus Goliath. It's classic. And it's the archetype of our times where we have to rise up. So what ended up happening the second day was the judge said, look, this is an important lawsuit. And I'm going to appoint you, if you're okay with it, I'm going to get you a great constitutional lawyer. So he called a recess. He wants me to talk to this lawyer where I'm going to meet. And I'm also talking to others. And remember, they have seven lawyers, guys. And it's me. And even if I bring one lawyer, two lawyers, we may need money. Because we're going to start doing discovery, depositions. I want, I'd rather have 300 million people give $1. That's what we need to do. Winbackfreedom.com. And why do we call it win back freedom? We have no illusions, but we want to be optimistic. We've lost our freedom. Republicans and Democrats, Trump and Bernie, screwed our freedom up. They gave us the illusion they were fighters. Illusion, that's what they are, WWF wrestling. We are the fighters, we are the press, and that's what we gotta do. This is not gonna happen by them, it's gonna happen by you. And hopefully this lawsuit is inspiring all of you. It may seem lonely, but we gotta do it ourselves. We gotta let go of that, whatever, government, you know, suckling. We got to do it ourselves. So that's what this is about. And we're creating a movement for truth, freedom, and health. And when, by the way, if you, if you donate, you know, if you donate, you're very generous, you donate 25 bucks or more, go to that. I'm going to give you books and I'm, we're going to make you part of our movement. If you give a hundred or more, there's like 15 different gifts I'm going to give to you. Okay. Seriously. We're building a movement. We have, you know, about 60,000 people now all over the country who've signed up to our movement for truth, freedom, and health. Our movement actually goes and does stuff. We have people on this call who've been working on the ground. And by the way, our whole movement was that we went to every town in Massachusetts. We started collecting Margo and Heather and, and Kristen and, and uh, Crystal, everyone on this call. We went and got data on, we were building a bottoms up movement. That's what they don't want. Right. So let's uh, go ahead, Dwayne. Uh, everyone finish up with your points. And uh, as you guys are doing that, look at any questions. By the way, people at home, it's almost midnight and we have still about 1500. Numbers are growing. 
<laughs> Any questions? Go ahead. Oh, uh, Jerry, is that you? Jerry Dunn? Jerry, are you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Jerry, by the way, flew in from Wyoming, right? No, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. Jerry, do you have any thoughts? Oops, we lost Jerry. Everything just froze up here. Go ahead, Jerry. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm pretty encouraged uh, with what you're doing. I, I did put a press release out on Twitter, and I put the link to the um, – to the trial on there, but then the judge said something about uh, didn't want anything on Twitter, so I, I took it down. Uh, but I've listened to the whole trial, and I'm really encouraged with how the judge, you can see him putting all the pieces together as he begins to understand exactly what's going on. And I also see you, Shiva, using systems engineering um, as you're describing this. You're actually practicing what you preach to us because you're talking about infrastructure and, and all the, the parts of systems engineering as you're explaining it to the judge. And, and I can see the light bulb start to go on uh, in his head. Uh, that last... The last thing that I remember that he said in the in the trial on Friday was that that Twitter is going to have to be a part of this, based on when you got done explaining the um, the playbook to him. Yeah. He, he he basically said it was it was almost mandatory that Twitter become part of this. So I was really jazzed. Yeah, I think the main thing is look, I do not. There's all sorts of procedures, Jerry. You know, in law, FRCP 19, da da da, right? So, right. That's why I think he, because he wants to level the playing field, you know, I mean, you got three major lawyers from Twitter, you got multiple lawyers from the government, and you have multiple, uh, a lawyer uh, from NASA, right? So, you have eight, six, seven lawyers. And then they, and, and by the way, that's only what you see on exactly. the screen. Behind them, they have a huge staff, okay? And I'm sure those 16 hours, what's 16 hours times three people? 50 hours, just, and, and, and they're probably billing Twitter at easily about 1500 bucks an hour, just those people. So that was $75,000 yeah. right there, okay? Just, I, I mean, and you gotta multiply that by five. So that's probably about $350,000 preparation, everything. Easily a half a million dollars. How much did we spend? Zero, okay, nothing, okay? But you spent your time. I spent my time, which is very valuable, you know? So you got to We are all blessed to be able to have you teach us and to have you share your time and, and tell us all this stuff. It, it's, it's an incredible gift. I, I need, Jerry, what we need is we need everyone listening. Oops. Got some feedback. Who is causing that? Crystal. <laughs> Blame it on Crystal. Hold on. So I'm just going to, we need everyone out there to become part of this movement. Our movement is the only movement without hyperbole that, and, and what Jerry's referring to is every Monday evening, we have 
we've created a platform for all of you. It's called vashiva.com. And I haven't talked about this even. That's a platform for truth, freedom, and health. You learn the science of systems. You learn, a we're building our own community online, independent of big tech. It's in my data center that I built with my own bare hands, literally. Jerry will tell you he's out there helping us with the generator, okay? And then we have all these tools for you to get active. Heather's out there on the West Coast. Crystal's in, in, in the Midwest. You have Margo on the East Coast, all, all different people. Kristen on the East Coast, where we are educating people on election integrity. We're not doing it at Harvard in their little ivory tower, writing their little books out of control people. Yeah, there's two different election integrities, a fake election integrity and the real election integrity. And they want to control the dialogue. So yes, thanks, Jerry. We, I am dedicated to educating 50,000 people by the end of this year, truth, freedom, and health warriors. You have an opportunity to right here. You know, to, if you want to give money, great. But if you give money, I want you to get educated too. So you'll see that when you give money, I want to give you courses and books and training. And I want you to join this community. It's not about a lawsuit. It's about building a movement. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Twitter, I mean, I don't underestimate Twitter and these guys. These guys are evil, right? So it's not this lawsuit alone that's going to do it. It's, it's our movement. Yes, we have been victorious. Yes, we have more victories to come. But this is, do you think they're going to let us get away? We just expose the bowels of the establishment of censorship. They're going to come back with fury. And that's why we need to build our movement. I got to start raising money now because I'm going to need to do depositions, discovery. I'm probably going to have to give other people on, right? Just manpower. We're going to face an army of probably, they're probably going to have like, like 100 people total behind that. So this is why I think the image here. So everyone, if you want to go to, I encourage everyone to go to, um, you know, win back winbackyourfreedom.com. Just go right here. And I love this graphic. And if anyone, uh, go to win back freedom, and you'll see this graphic pretty much says it all. That's where we're at, everyone. We have a history of people who died and fought for us. And we're right here against this machine. This is what, this is what it is. There you go. All right, Jerry, um, Kristen, thanks everyone. And thanks to the 1500 people who are out there. Um, this is our movement. Let's win this. Um, but let's build the movement. Everyone go to, you can also go to truthfreedomhealth.com and you can sign up, go to truthfreedomhealth.com or winbackfreedom.com and get educated or be enslaved. And as I end, should I play our anthem video, guys, to end it end it with? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna. What's that? Yeah. Oh. We oh, oh, by the way, hold on, hold on. We have a. Uh, well, you know, this is a, let's say a celebration, cake for just uh, the beginning, right? It's the beginning. It's not the end. It's just the beginning. Hold on. <laughs> you gotta show it. Wait a minute. Do this. Oh, use the candle. Yep. 
Okay, I don't smoke or anything, so I don't use matches. All right. You want you might want to share that with people. This is a V for victory. That's what it says. It says a V for victory. I don't know if you guys can see it. Let's bring it over here. People can see it here. Some of you guys can see it. Can you see it? Oh, a little bit back. A little bit back. Right there. Oh, yeah. That's great. A little bit higher. 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 Right there. Right there. V for victory. That was nice. V for victory. All right. All right. Keep on with the victories. Can you see the, are all of us back on here? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. So anyway, you know, sometimes we, you know, many of us, we work very hard. Sometimes it's good to just, um, you know, celebrate. Right. So that's what we want to do. This is, but this is not, look, we've just begun to fight. But the important thing is what we're showing the world is that we can fight and there is hope when we get on our own two feet and we fight. So we want to do this. We want to escalate this movement now. So everyone out there, you can do two things. This is what you can do. It's, not, it's about action. Go to either truthfreedomhealth.com and become a Truth Freedom Health warrior. Whatever you contribute, we give you back some, a lot, in fact. You give us $1, we give you back 10x, okay? <laughs> That's what this movement is. We're very generous. And or go to winbackfreedom.com and support this lawsuit. Either way, you're supporting the same cause. So I want to finish up. Does anyone have anything to say? I do. Go ahead, Jerry. I have a, a question for the collective group here. It's, it's one that I haven't had anybody been able to answer it yet. And the question is, what's the one thing that has not changed since the Constitution was written. What's the one thing that has not changed? Correct. The Constitution. The Constitution. I, I'm not sure what you're asking. I'm you asking what is the one thing that has not changed since the Constitution has, has, was written? I don't know, the, the height of the Himalayas? What was what was that? Do you know the answer? I, I mean, I, yes, I, I do. I, I know the answer. You know the answer. I mean, there's well, many tell things. Us, tell changed. us the answer, Jerry. I, I will tell you. I wanted to ask this collectively because I think it will be very valuable for you, Sheba, to, to incorporate into however sure. you want to use it. And the answer is human nature. Ah. Because the, the the founding fathers, when they wrote the Constitution, all these rules and and checks and balances were to deter what happens when human nature takes over and that's what's happening today is there all of a sudden it's not 60 percent it's got to be 50 50 in the congress human the the bad side of human nature has taken over and and that is the argument that i would make in court of why you should not change the constitution because they keep saying, oh, things have changed. No, the one thing that hasn't changed is human nature, and that's what's driving all this. So there's my two cents. Okay, great. All right, having said that, let's play our video for those people who are new. Thanks, everyone, for sharing and your time and your wisdom. Sorry uh, I was late.
All right, we'll let you get away this time. Okay. You're on thin, you're on thin ice. <laughs> okay, here we go. To be taken over from within, second, the end goal is you will have a what homogenized have world. I have to, because of the memory issues, so I'm going to have to let people go, then I'll play this, okay? Thank you, everyone. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Be well. Yep. I have to kick all these guests off. Sorry. Well, then, everyone, we're going to kick off our guests so we can free up some memory. Kick off that crystal kit. Yeah, Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> Crystal's been a little. She's a, she's a mice on here. <laughs> Gotta watch these people from Nebraska. <laughs> okay, thank you, Margo. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for all of you. I'm gonna play our video, and I hope you guys. Um, and, and by the way, keep an eye out. We're gonna you're gonna be seeing every day uh, news come out every day to give you guys updates. So let me uh, let me start this again. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within, and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves, because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you, deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. Agreed. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. Mm -hmm. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics. There's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, mm -hmm. but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people. First with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people, Dave, to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you. 
on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders. Oh, he said something. Or Robert Kennedy. Scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I gotta build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor, A Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they wanna take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to VA Shiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com.